Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report is brought to you by Great Days Outdoors. Are you looking for that one-of-a-kind Christmas or birthday gift? If so, head on over to greatdaysoutdoors.com and check out the best gifts for outdoorsmen for 2021. We've curated a bunch of unique ideas to help you find an awesome gift for the outdoorsmen on your list. Just head on over to greatdaysoutdoors.com slash best fishing gifts for outdoorsmen and check it out. And brought to you by Southeastern Pond Management. Hey guys, if you're fortunate enough to own a lake or a pond, then I know you want to get the most out of it as possible. We all want to manage and grow big deer on our place, so why not grow the biggest, most healthy fish possible as well? Give Norman a call at Southeastern Pond Management at 205-288-1371 or just look them up, southeasternpondmanagement.com and they do an incredible job around the state of Alabama and the Georgia, Tennessee. So if you're thinking about building a lake, if you're thinking about redoing an existing pond or lake that you have, restocking, fertilizing, liming, these guys do it all and they do it well. It's what they do for a living, so they're really good at it. What's up, guys? I'm your host, Brian Sin. Thank you for joining us today. What a gorgeous, gorgeous, beautiful week we've had here in Alabama. Uh, me and my family got to enjoy a few days on the uh, in Panama City at the coast. Couldn't I ask for better weather? I know everybody loves running to the beach during the summertime, but uh, y'all can have that. I like going when it's about 83 degrees, 84. The crowd's gone away a little bit. And I just kick back and relax. But we had a great little vacation. And I hope you guys have enjoyed this, this gorgeous weather as well. Looks like we've got some cooler weather in the forecast coming right down the pipeline this weekend. And I am definitely ready for that as well. But let's see how this weather and changes and all this stuff. I'm looking forward to see how this is changing everything with the fishing. So let's get straight to our first segment today, and let's head down to Lake Eufaula with one of my favorite callers, Tony Adams. Tony, how are you, sir? Doing great. How are y'all? Are you doing okay? I'm doing good, man. I'm, I'm refreshed. I'm revived. I'm ready to, you know, got, got a couple days vacation in, and I'm ready to get after it. As busy as it's been since I've got back, I'm glad I, glad I had a couple days because it, it hurts when you get back. That's right. We got some cooler weather coming in, so, that, you know, that should get everybody excited absolutely i know it does me and and uh i'm tired of this this hot weather leave that that's what me and my wife were saying on the way back from the beach we were like man here it is middle of october 85 degrees down here and we're driving back up to to birmingham we're still 85 degrees it's just insane it's crazy yeah i think my wife was talking to uh you know she's from iowa and she was talking to, to her mom the other day and it was 86 last saturday and uh i mean for this time of year to be 86 up there that's just just incredible but hey the cold weather is coming right the cold weather is on the way that's right man well let's talk and about like fishing say, crappies gonna start yes cool. sir crappies doing really good they're uh they're scattered in many different places we've had a lot of rain down here so it's kind of muddied the lake up a little bit so you know the fish is still biting a lot of the fish, you know, like I say, they're scattered. You'll catch them in 15, 16 foot of water. You'll catch them in, you know, 
six, seven, eight, ten, twelve foot of water. I mean, they're scattered. They're you know, brush. You know, you can go out there and get on a brush pile now. You know, twelve foot deep. You may catch them. You know, four foot deep where they're running those shad. You know, in this muddy water. But the fishing's been been good. I went out the other day and just had a couple of extra hours. I just rode around and, and looked for structure. I'll send you some of those pictures, but like I say, I mean, they are loaded. I mean, the fish are, are just all in that structure, and they're all healthy fish. I mean, they're they're storing up, you know, for the winter now. I mean, they're they're eating up to, you know, they they're getting some good good weight on them, and 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 it's some good fishing catching them on minnows. You can do, you know, the jigs, the bio jigs, the you know, right now in the muddy water, you want to fish with your darker color color jigs if you jig fish it and like i say the you know the bite's been pretty strong well man i am sitting here looking at this picture that you just text me and, and you sent me several you sent me some of just as as usual i mean some slabs laid out where y'all just destroyed them but then you sent me one of this graph uh or, or fish finder so what am I looking at here? I'm obviously looking at some structure with, I mean, yes, is sir. that all crappie loaded up on that? It is. You know, some of that, some of that is, is the structure that's got fish all in it. That deeper one, the one that was a little deeper, you can see the fish around it and you can see some fish, those little dots around it. And then the shallow spots, I think I sent you some that's eight, 10 foot deep, but you can see all the fish that's gathered up in that structure. And like I say, you know, you pull up on it, throw your buoy out, you know, take your net and your jig and pitch towards it, you know, let it let it go go down to, you know, whatever depth they're at and um, set the hook, you know, just. So I'm looking right here on this unreal. one and it looks like those fish, you know, uh, the bottom, it looks like is in 10 foot. Uh, so those fish look like they're anywhere from six to, to nine foot, probably through there, 10 foot. That's right. If you see this, and guys, this is, I mean, the fish are just loaded in this thing, and, and I wish y'all could see it, uh, but there's fish from the bottom of it to the top of it. Uh, so, like I said, about six foot down to, you know, nine probably. Where do you, st where do you start fishing this? What depth are you, are you trying to get to right here with your mana or your jig? Okay, so if I pull it up to a structure like that, usually what I do is I like to fish with three rods. You know, I use the BNM rods, and and what I do is, if I pull up to a spot, then I'll usually fish one, maybe four foot, one six foot, one eight foot. Okay, so I've got you know three different rods out with with three different depths, and then if I keep catching those fish on six foot depths, then I'll I'll run the other two to this about the same depth. Mm -hmm. because a lot of times those fish will come up to bite. They may be down in six foot of water. They may come up and hit something that's in four foot of water and, and they do scatter around. They move. So, but usually, you know, if it's 10 foot waters, you know, I'll do one, maybe four, six and eight. And I, you know, and then I'll just kind of pay attention, which one's really getting the bite. And then I'll move, you know, the other rods to that deal. Are you trying, are you fishing? I mean, when you're lowering your, Man, are your jig down to a top? Are you trying to get to, to, to get on the edges on the outside of it, uh, not just the depth? I mean, you, you just gave a great description of what you do there. 
But are you trying to, are, do you worry about getting hung up and, you know, messing, uh, messing the top up and scattering the fish or are you trying to stay on the outside or do you just barrel right in there? Well, I do it many different ways. Usually I start from the outside of the structure and I move closer to the inside. You know, I may be fishing right in the structure, but to begin with, I start fishing on the outskirts and then I'll move, move into the structure. Now, but, how far you know, on the day, outskirts are we talking? Yeah, I'm, I may start, you know, eight foot this time of year, out eight foot from the structure, and I'll start coming into the structure. A good sunny day, they're going to be right there in the structure. You know, if it's an overcast day, you may catch them 15, 20 feet around that structure. But on a good sunny day, a bright day, they're going to be, you know, right there in the structure or real close to around it. So when I do a trip in the mornings, you know, I may fish, you know, eight, ten foot away from the structure, and I'll move in towards the structure and fish right in the structure. Now, is this a is this a picture from like a from like live scope, or is this side imaging? What am I looking at here? Yes, sir. What you're looking at is, is all down imaging. It's on a that one there is on a Humminbird Helix 12 Gen 3, and all those are are down imaging shots. I didn't take any with with side imaging, so all those are down imaging. So it's looking right up under the transducer. Wow. That's, that's a pretty cool picture right there. I appreciate you sharing that with me. I, that, that gives some good insight on how you're, how you're, how you're fishing that and, and depth and, and how far you're going out. And I've always, and you, you talk about it on here a lot with, you know, sunny days compared to, to, to a cloudy day or, you know, early, early morning, about how those fish scatter or how they get tight, tight, tight to the cover. Crappie hate sunlight, from what I understand from you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They 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 want to get out of that sunlight. You know, they're usually the way a crappie's kind of turned. He's kind of facing up. You know, so if there's a real bright sun, you know, it's right into his eyes. So, you know, they like to get in the shade side of the structure or shade side of the of the bridge or, you know, wherever the shade's at, that's usually where your crappie's going to be. That's good stuff. And then if it's overcast day, they'll be just scattered because the sun won't really be bright. They may be, you know, they may be running flats, you know, looking to ch- chase shad. But usually when that sun comes up and it gets bright, they're going to find a, they going to find a, you know, pile of structure to get on or, you know, a shade and get in it right now the the fish you, you know you were just saying they're they're on structure four to ten feet is kind of where you're looking if i if you know, i may be misspeaking that's i think that's what you said how will this cold front you know we got a cold front approaching will it affect those fish before the front comes through and, and how do you how does it normally affect crappie after it goes through well, usually, you know, I think we've got a front coming through Saturday, you know, so the the fish right now is on fire. I mean, they're just feeding up. So when that front starts, I mean, when it starts hitting, and you and I think it's supposed to be, what, 25 degrees cooler than it is, you know, now, yeah. you know, Saturday, Sunday. So it will slow the bite down. The bite won't be quite, quite aggressive, and it, do, it does slow the bite down. But three or four days after that, even if it stays that cool, you know, they'll – They'll get used to it. They'll start back biting, but usually a front ahead of the front's good. But you know, when it starts cooling off, when that front gets here, then it will it will slow the bite down. I got you. So tomorrow would be a great day to go fish. Tomorrow would be a great day. Yes, sir. Good stuff. I may need I may need to take you up on that and, and go myself somewhere. 
but um man that's great and and, and so darker you know you're using darker colors right now and that's because the water's a little stained yes sir muddy water just always go to your darker colors you know your blacks or your you know your pinks your orange you know but you know they they bite a whole lot better on your darker color jigs you know when the when the water's you know really stained or or muddy i just can't quit looking at these pictures man i, I wish and, and we'll post them on our social media guys so so go look at them but that's an unbelievable mess of crappie uh several messes that you that you took pictures of right there and uh, so i appreciate you sharing them with me there's not there's not a whole lot of places you can go do that consistently but you is obviously one of them or either you're just that dadgum good tony it might that's probably what it is you're just that good at it well <laughs> you know i got to get a tip of the week from you before i before i let you go so if somebody's coming uh in the next day or two obviously it's really hard to say on saturday but right now tomorrow what would what would your tip be uh right now tips with jigs i'd, I'd go with your with your darker colors and you know and and Try different depths of water. I mean, because they are scattered, you know, try some six, eight, ten foot, you know, flats. You know, they're out there. They're all on them. And, uh, you know, just use your darker color, you know, jigs and, you know, get on them. There you go, man. There you go. Well, if somebody wants to book a trip with you, uh, I know you stay, stay, stay pretty busy, but uh, it's worth it if somebody can book one with you, I know. So what's the best way for them to get in touch with you, brother? Uh, they can do many different things. They can call me on my cell, 334-695-3003, or they can contact me, you know, through Facebook, you know, under Tony Adams, Lake Fall, Alabama. Won't have any problems finding me there, but it will be great, a great trip, a lot of memories, and we will have a good time. Good stuff, and you'll learn a lot from this guy too. So y'all book a trip with Tony, and uh, stay safe out there, man. Enjoy it and keep catching him. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, appreciate it. Thank you very much. Go have a great weekend. All right, you too. All right, guys, let's take just a minute and hear from one of our sponsors. One in four hooks in the world is made by Mustad Fishing. See why they're the best-selling hook brand in the world and enjoy 25% off your next order at mustad-fishing.com by using code GREATDAYS at checkout. And brought to you by The Hunting Exchange. In this day and age, we all know it's a struggle to sell hunting equipment on large social media platforms, and that's where the Hunting Exchange steps in. Hunting Exchange is an app for iOS and Android that gives you a one-stop shop to buy and sell your hunting gear. Whether you're looking to sell your bow, broadheads, technical apparel, stands, saddles, or anything in between, this secure platform allows you to buy and sell gear with confidence. As a buyer, each dollar you spend is insured by PayPal, and as a seller, there are no hidden charges like other platforms, and listing items are also free. Gone are the days of having listings removed from Facebook and worrying about being banned and removed from groups for wanting to sell something as simple as your bow or a knife. So head on over to the App Store or Google Play and experience a new hassle-free way to buy and sell hunting gear by downloading the hunting exchange app today all right guys welcome back and uh man i can't wait for y'all to go check out the pictures of tony and those crappie he's he's catching down in eufaula absolutely unbelievable but hey let's get to our second segment 
And, uh, man, this is another segment that I love having. Talking about Pickwick, segment two, let's go with Cody Harrison. Cody, how are you, my friend? Pretty good. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. What's going on in Pickwick right now? It is beautiful weather, these gorgeous blue skies, bluebird days. You know, a little bit warm maybe but for this time of year, but but not bad. Yep, yep. Uh, you know, we've had a – had a pretty good amount of water coming through here lately. The current's starting to slack off just a little bit, but uh, we've had some good days, mainly smallmouth fishing. Um, some days we're live bait fishing, and some days we're using just artificials, but uh, it's been pretty fun lately. Man, I know that Pickwick is is kind of, you know, uh, one of the things it's known for is is the smallmouth live bait fishing this time of year, and uh, I, we, we hear about that a lot. We've talked about it on the show less is that how you're catching them right now is live bait are you are you doing doing both or we're doing both um typically typically uh you know if it's a kid's trip or something like that like this is the time of the year to get a kid on the water and just go catch a bunch of numbers and the occasional big one um you know the springtime's a little bit more uh, i wouldn't say advanced for most people but uh you know you may not want to have a kid up there when you know, you've got to throw in the current seams and you've got to feel the tick and rock and stuff like that with the swim baits. But this, this is easy. I mean, anybody can go do the live bait thing. It's not hard. Uh, it's just a matter of being around the fish. And uh, it seems like Pickwood's very healthy right now. So you're around the fish more times than not. But uh, the live bait thing this time of the year is just a good way to catch a lot of fish and it's an easy way to do it. So, I mean, that's kind of what we, you know, why we incorporate it this time of the year is just one way to get out there and do it so i mean on a on a good day i mean how, how many how many are you catching oh my gosh man i couldn't even i don't have a a, a, a clicker but honestly it wouldn't be a bad idea for me investing in one I, just to keep track of the numbers one day i mean you can catch a fish on pretty much each minnow if you wanted to if you can if you could keep them from taking it from you <laughs> but I mean, sometimes you're getting in the rock, sometimes you're slinging minnows off, you know, especially if guys aren't used to throwing them and just kind of toss them out. But, man, it's it's anywhere. On a good day, you can probably catch, you know, 40 to 60 fish. Good. Uh, nice. maybe, yeah, I, I'd honestly, if, if it's more than a six-hour trip, you could probably catch more than that, no problem. It's just a matter of, you know, time management. I mean, can you keep – can you keep that much bait alive? You know, it just depends on all little little factors, but it's not a, it's not, you're not running out of fish by no means. Walk me through the 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 setup and and kind of the area. So, I'm assuming you're in in the river. Um, yeah, for the mo- and and where, where there's a good bit of current. And how how deep is it? You know, if it that all kind of depends on how strong the current is, and you know what area of the lake you're on typically you can fish um you know anywhere from directly underneath the tail race right there the generators all the way down i mean you can probably go as down as far as you wanted to to be honest with you i I usually cut it off i don't i don't usually like to go past you know maybe seven mile or something like that on that lower or the upper end but uh that's only because you don't really have to you could probably go all over the lake and do it if you wanted to but uh, typically, I put in at Farland and <laughs> with everybody else, and <laughs> we just go yeah. down there and, you know, we just kind of fish current breaks and current seams and, I mean, anything. It, and sometimes you'll fish out in the middle of the current, depending on how strong it is. It's really a good time to get out there this time of the year and do that. 
on, on the setup, you know, as far as the line and, 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 and weight and what size weight you're using. I mean, I would think you wouldn't want to use too heavy of a weight because you want that bait to, to come down with the current. Uh, or right. you drag, or is your boat dragging it? No, no, we're, uh, we're pretty much just drifting for the most part. It's easier for guys to drift. You don't, you know, if you anchored the boat, you'd, you'd have to learn how to fight the current and, and kind of work it with the current. It's just, it seems to me to be easier just to drift with it. Most guys catch on pretty quick doing that. The weight size can vary. You know, that's obviously that depends on how much current. If you got a lot more current, you'll want a little bit heavier weight, but it's usually a split shot rig, just a typical, you know, minnow on the little number two Kaylee hook or number four or something like that. And then anywhere from a, uh, you know, maybe a size five or four split shot all the way down to, you know, little BB size. I mean, it's, uh, it, it, you don't want a lot of weight. You don't need a lot of weight because you don't want it on the bottom. That's when you're going to either get hung or you're going to get, you're going to get a lot of your trash fish. Uh, okay. So you're but, wanting to keep it off the bottom. Just a little bit off the bottom is it seems to be ideal. You don't have necessarily have to take it through the rocks or anything like that. They'll come out and get it. See, um, I was, you know, I, I had that in my mind wrong. I had that in my mind a bigger weight on the bottom, and with a, you know, the the minnow up above it, dragging it. Yep, it seems it seems to be if you did that, um, I, you know, you can do it. I mean, they will still bite it, but you will get hung up a little bit more and. You know, you start catching your drum and your catfish when you've got it down there too much. So right. this seems to eliminate the trash fish a little bit more. You're still going to catch some, but you can you can try to weed them out a little bit. Now, when you're saying shiners, are you are, are y'all like buying shiners? Or are you throwing a cast net and catching shad? I throw the cast net and catch shad, but you know when they're on, they're on. You can go to the you know local tackle store down here, go down to Perkins and and get your shiners. I mean. Uh, it's a lot easier to do it that way, trust me. But uh, right. you can definitely go out and throw a cast net and get your yellowtails or your gizzard shad and, and go from there. I mean, I know a buddy of mine that went out the other day and he caught just as many as we did, and I was throwing a cast net, and he just went and bought his. So some days it doesn't matter. How do you keep your, your shad alive? Well, some of these guys are better than I am. I, I'll be honest with you right there. David Allen is a lot better at keeping his shad alive. And if I'm having problems, I'll ask him, you know, him and Brad Whitehead, Another guy, both of them are great guys down here. Honestly, I think it all depends on your bait tank, keeping fresh water. And, you know, if it's hot, you got to put ice on them. Um, and you can, you know, I like to keep them still. I like to keep them calm. I don't want them, you know, doing, I don't like to be messing with the bait very much, if that, if that makes sense to you. Like, right. uh, you know, get in there, I get my one shot out, I close the lid, and I kind of let them be. You know, you just, and keep that pump going. Um, I don't. I don't really have a problem with them dying. I mean, and some of these guys running these, you know, filtration systems on their extreme tanks and stuff like that. I mean, those extreme tanks are, are the bomb. They're, they're the cats with pajamas for these, you know, for these live bait trips. And they're, you know, they've got they've got it figured down. It's to a science. I mean, it's all it's all pretty good, man. It's, but you know, it's mainly just keeping them cold. And and now, don't get me wrong, you don't want to pour the ice to them or nothing like that. Right. You don't get too cold. But you, 70 degrees, a little maybe right there around 70, 72 degrees is, a, is the right temperature for them. You know, on these hot days or whatever, just get them, just to get them a little bit cooler. But uh, and and keep some uh, stay alive on them, and you know, don't let don't let your bubbles get in there on them. Get you know, get that bubble stuff 
you know, they, you can buy it at any pretty much little tackle store. You know, kind of, you just kind of want to k- take care of them. You don't have to do too much, but you do want to keep an eye on them. If they start sure. dying, there's something going wrong, you know? Yeah. Well, how long will this last? Last year, in the years past, it, it usually starts slowing down about mid-November, late November. But, man, we caught them all the way through almost until Christmas last year. But we had the right – It last year was kind of a perfect storm for it. You know, we had one one or two cold couple weeks, but the rest were all pretty mild. I mean, we had a real mild early winter last year. So, um, you know, if it's like that again this year, it's probably going to last a while. Man, that's awesome. Well, uh, do you, you how, how booked up are you staying? You stay pretty booked up this time of year? Yeah, uh, October, October's slammed. I mean, it's every day. And then, you know, really haven't put too much into November yet. Uh, November's kind of hit or miss, but weekends are pretty much gone. But, um, you know, still several days open in November. But, and, and, and December is, is where, you know, if you can go, you, you know, if you got clients that want to go in December, you kind of, you know, you're not going to get a whole lot of trips because there's just a lot going on. December, you know, sure. Christmas, you got season, duck season. It'll start slowing down around then, but you know it's it's mainly mainly pretty busy all through early to mid fall up until you know November. That's that's awesome, man! An exciting time of the year to be on the water. And we'll we'll you know we got a big cold front coming through this weekend. Will will that affect the fish in this situation as much as maybe a normal largemouth or spot bass fishing? Well, it, it does, but it affects it differently. Um, they will feed up. You know, they'll, it'll kind of trigger them. It'll, it will get better. But uh, the, the main thing is, is kind of keeping an eye on the, on the amount of rain you get. You know, they, mm. the current is, I mean, current is everything for those fish down there if you're fishing real close to the tail race. I mean, that, that dictates whether you're going to catch a bunch of little ones or you're going to catch a bunch of little ones and big ones. You know, just a ton of fish. That that makes all the difference in the world, and uh, you know I'm interested to see how much rain we get. The last time we had rain, it was a rain. I mean, we had I mean, this water was like 420. The elevation above the dam was like 420 there for several days, and and when you when you start talking about you know flood levels and stuff like that in the fall, I mean you're you're talking about getting a lot of a lot of fish moving around and a lot of lot yeah, of stuff no doubt. On. Well, I know last week, man. I mean, that was just here in the Birmingham area. I mean probably it, it was the weirdest thing i was sitting there watching it on the radar and it was just sitting in that one spot uh <laughs> one little line and i think seven or eight miles from my house they had 13 inches and at my house it i don't even know that it ever rained if it did it yeah. was just a little sprinkle it's crazy <clears throat> but it just that line just sat there so if you're in a place where it's dumping it's dumping uh, yep. Some of these fronts that are coming through. Well, that's that's good stuff, man. Well, uh, I got to get a tip of the day for you from you before you get off. So, if somebody's coming yep. up next couple of days this weekend, what would your tip of the day be? Well, I'd probably I'd probably say if you're tip, if you're coming up here and you're wanting to do the smallmouth thing, just kind of keep in mind, like I was saying earlier, when you're rigging up the uh, when you're rigging up your little live bait rig, don't go too heavy of a weight. It does help to have a lighter weight. If you can get away with a lighter weight, do it. Uh, I promise you, you'll have a lot better experience out there if you're not dragging the bottom and catching drum every cast. I mean, that's, that's, that kind of gets old. That's a great tip, man. That's a great tip. Well, if somebody wants to book a trip with you, uh, how do they need to contact you, buddy? 
Uh, you can call me at uh, 901-490-0882. You can get to me by email. My email is cody.bathwacker at gmail.com. Or you can just book me on, uh, you know, hit me up on Facebook. And my Facebook address is Bathwacker Guide Service. You can find it like that. Or, uh, you know, I've got a website too. My website is uh, com. So Plenty of ways any- to get in touch with you. Yep. Yep. Good stuff. Well, guys, y'all, y'all give Cody a call and book a trip. If you've never been up and uh, like myself, I need to do it. If you've never been up and and, and caught these, these small mouse on live bait, I mean, golly, it sounds like just a world of fun and a world of action. And uh, like Cody said, what a great way to introduce uh, kids to, to, to fishing. Uh, because they're not going to get bored in the boat this time of the year. That's for sure. So Cody, thank you, man. And, uh, always appreciate you stay safe out there. And we look forward to talking to you again soon. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Take care, man. All right, guys, let's take another minute and hear from one of this week's sponsors. MB ranch King hunting blinds and feeders are built to last right here in the USA with durability and convenience in mind. MB Ranch King's maintenance-free blinds are built and constructed with high-grade steel and come in a variety of sizes to meet any hunter's needs. We also offer high-quality, easy-to-use corn and protein feeders that can be filled with both feet on the ground. Call Kevin today for more information or get a quote at 205-807-2937. MB Ranch King, built in the pursuit of perfection. And brought to you by at bucksislands.com. You can check out the full list of inventory from new and used bass, pontoon, bow rider style boats, new and used motors, as well as kayaks for sale. Give them a call at 256-442-2588. And brought to you by Sun South. Strength, speed, and versatility. A winning combination on, off, and in the field. At Sun South, that's exactly what you get. The quality John Deere equipment affordably priced, and ready to tackle projects on your property. Like the John Deere 5 Series tractors with discounts up to $3,500 at SunSouth. And don't forget to service your John Deere Gator at SunSouth with free pickup and delivery packages. Come see us at your neighborhood SunSouth. Equipment for those that do. Some restrictions may apply. See dealers for details. Offer expires October 31st, 2021. All right. Welcome back, guys. Appreciate y'all staying with us. Hey, look, for our third segment today, it's a really, really interesting segment. Uh, We're going to go over and join uh, some of our other podcast hosts, Joe Baia and Butch Tillery. Uh, These guys do an awesome awesome job on the saltwater fishing report uh, on the coast of Florida, on the coast of Alabama. So I urge you to go listen to them. But they've got a special segment that they have recently done on micro skiffs. And I think it'll be a really interesting segment for our podcast with the Alabama freshwater fishing as well. So we are going to turn it over to them at this point and hear from Peter Jordan with Delta Marine and Outfitters. Uh, and he's going to talk about the ins and the outs of micro skiffs. What'd you say, Joe? What's going on, Butch? Not much, man. Excited about this one. You and I have recently got kind of in the weeds on this about what, you know, what exactly defines a micro skiff and what are the advantages and disadvantages of, uh, of a micro skiff and a kayak and things all around that area. So I'm excited to get into it. Yeah, I think this segment comes from uh, 
place of, you know, we hear a lot of guys kind of gripe and, you know, they see these really decked out kayaks and they're big, they're heavy. They've got all the bells and whistles. And I mean, how many times have you heard somebody say, why don't you just get a skiff? Yep. All the time. That's the question we're going to answer today is whether or not he should get a skiff or maybe he was doing just right uh, where he was. Peter Jordan sells both skiffs and kayaks. So I think he's qualified to to answer this question and uh, help people make that decision. Peter, tell us about Delta Marine and Outfitters, what you guys do, where you're located, and what y'all specialize in. Well, thanks, guys. Um, so we're here in Daphne, Alabama, off the counter at 64. Uh, we carry custom Ginu boats. We also carry new canoe kayaks, and we also have a full-service fly shop in-house, too. So it's, it's a lot of great stuff to get in for your inshore deal. And we kind of get that question a lot of, when do you move from that kayak to the micro skiff? Now, whether it's one that we carry or another brand that you may be looking at, um, those are some good questions. One of the things we talked about before we came on was having families, having kids. Maybe your kids got a little bit too big to be in the kayak with you. And I take my small kids in, in the new canoes with me, and it's great. It's wonderful. They're close by. It's a lot of fun. But you, eventually you get to that point that just the kayak isn't doing it for you. And I think the, when you get to that point, a lot of it is considerations on taking taking kids or taking a friend, or maybe you eventually run out of range because I don't care what kayak you've got. Eventually, you're going to get to that edge of where you feel comfortable paddling or where you feel comfortable pedaling to. That, that micro skiff now gives you that ability to have that range. One of the things that a lot of people are curious about is what really defines a micro skiff. And to me, that's a boat that's uh, 16 feet and under, under 40 horsepower, and it's one that you can get up onto a polling platform with. And a skiff is defined as a flat bottom boat. And yeah, it, there are a lot of parts of the hull when you come into it that give you the advantage to go over, say, rough chop or better stability or whatever that may be. But eventually you're going to get to that flat bottom, which gives you to uh, that really, really shallow draft. So let's say you're in a kayak and you're used to accessing super skinny areas. Well, that micro skiff is going to give you that same ability, except for now, because I can be on a polling platform, I'm 10 feet up in the air. So with that, that polling platform gives you access to six inches of draft. That's all we need. We only need about six inches of water. We're floating. We're getting in places. So it allows us to access small rivers, uh, tidal ponds, tidal creeks, flats, places you normally could not get to talking about that draft i mean it doesn't sound like you're losing a whole lot moving from a kayak to a micro not really i'd say it's probably only about three inches to be honest so what about speed you mentioned that you're under 40 horses what can you expect in terms of speed in a micro skiff i mean obviously having propulsion is going to well, I shouldn't say that. I mean, I've seen a lot of the kayaks now outfitted today with the Torquedo motors and yep. I mean, you can still, you can still get propulsion out of a kayak. So uh, what kind of speeds can you expect if you've got a full crew, you're taking, you know, you're at max capacities and wanting to use that boat. So most of the time, so what we're going to look at is a lot of it is going to be in, based in the weight of that hull. A micro skiff is an extremely light hull. I mean, it is very, very light. I want to say like an LT25 with the motor. An LT25 is larger the custom Ginu boats we sell. The larger of those, 16 feet, uh, it's a fairly wide boat with a 25-horse Tahatsu, and she's going to push two grown men and all the gear we can put on there. 
uh, about 30 miles an hour, between 28 and 30, depending on conditions. Whereas if you go up to a boat that maybe has a 40 horsepower motor, a lot of that's going to depend on your hull speed and then the way it's designed. But I would say you're safely looking anywhere from 25 to around 35. You're not really going to break over that 35 mile per hour mark simply because eventually that's as fast as the hull is just going to go. So, you know, you mentioned two grown men. Mm -hmm. um, I've got two little boys that need to start going with me. Just talk about capacities a little bit, not just from a human standpoint. Uh, that's one consideration, but also a capacity standpoint. What are these boats capable of in terms of uh, passengers and overall cargo? Well, each boat's going to be different. So I'm going to kind of go from what the, the boats that we carry. Um, and a lot of micro skiffs are, they're built in-house. Like you order it directly from the manufacturer themselves. With uh, Custom Ginu, we have, it's a little bit different relationship. You can order it from the factory, but we also have it here. But the LT25 is going to have a three-person capacity, and she's going to give you up to 580 pounds of storage inside the boat. So she's going to be able to carry certainly two grown men, all the cooler stuff you want, all your tackle and your gear. But what I always try to stress to people is these are small boats. These aren't big boats. And what it really forces you to do is take less, figure out what you can do with less. It forces you to streamline your gear. Yeah. And, and you know, kind of kind of goes to the idea that that Zen idea of perfection isn't when you can't add anything else to it. It's when you can't take anything else away. That's when you've reached that perfect point. And a micro skiff really lets you, you do that. So maybe you're used to taking a huge tackle bag and five or six rods and a cooler and all that. You're not going to have that ability. You're on the boats we carry. I think the maximum number of rods is eight rods. And I know some guys, they'll take 10 rods if given a chance. And there's nothing wrong with that. But as soon as you take a friend with you, you got to remember what you've got inside there. Every time you're adding something to one of these really small boats, you're taking away space. So that's what you had to figure out is how you value your space, how you're going to set things up. But it will certainly handle a lot more than you expect. Uh, we've got folks that hunt out of theirs a lot um, because it does give you such shallow draft. And uh, a lot of folks will bring family outings. It'll, it'll handle a lot. It's a good workhorse, essentially, for that purpose. You know, I think about what you were saying about it being a lightweight hull, one of the things that got me into kayaking is the ability to grab a kayak, throw it in the back of my truck, go to my nearest water hole, throw it in the water and get out on the water. Even if it's just for an hour, it's not a big investment of like, like trailer in a boat and doing everything you got to do to launch, you know, a bay boat. Yeah, totally. And I understand that for me, when, since we've picked up, we've got a bay boat as well. We're fortunate that way. And since we brought in that custom Ginu, it allows you to be like, Oh, Hey man, just throw the fly rod in, throw your pack in, throw a cooler in and go. Like you need a 10 minutes heads up. Whereas the bay boat, a lot of times you're getting it prepped up the night before you're getting everything ready to go the night before. And your cleanup time is nil. I always like to say, all you need is a deck brush, a water hose, and a bottle of Dawn. You get done fishing at the end of the day, throw the Dawn all over it, scrub it down, hose it off, and you're done. It's so much easier, so much more enjoyable. And it, you've got a small single axle trailer, so it's really easy to hook up and go. I mean, we've even had people hook up to a Prius and take their boats home. Yeah. Well, you know, we talked about what you can do, some of the things you can do in a micro skiff that you're limited 
you know, say from a kayak perspective, yeah. they've, they're going to give you increased capacities in both people and gear. They're going to give you increased range in the sense that you've got more propulsion, more horsepower to get where you want to go. Flip side of that is what do you lose if you're getting, you're getting out of kayaks and going into a micro skiff? I mean, where, where do you see that you're, you're limited? I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is one, one of the other reasons I got into kayaking was being able to launch from the beach. Uh, and hit some of the the near shore reefs and things of that nature. Do you think you give up much moving from a kayak to a micro skiff, or is this one of those things that most guys kind of have both? A lot of guys have both. We've had most of our customers already have a kayak, and then they go to to the Ginu. And what I like to say is, basically, with a lot of these micro skiffs, this is one of the real joys of them. If you can get the tires wet, if you can get to where it's just going to float that hole, it's going to come right off. So a lot of times for a lot of guys that have like really big boats, like our new canoe unlimited, or maybe you've got a Hobie PA 14. A lot of these guys, we're putting them on trailers mm-hmm. because these are really heavy boats. I mean, a lot like take the PA you're looking at with nothing on it, 120 pounds, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's a big girl. So a lot of times it's a lot easier to trailer. So a lot of the kayak launches that you might be able to use your trailer and back your boat into then yes, you can 100% back your micro skip into it. Now, that being said, if you've got like, today I was at uh, Dolphin Island this morning before I came into the office and there's no way I could have got to where I was fishing at with a micro skip. I'd have had to go all the way around the island, which isn't a big deal because you do have the range to do it. So the kayak is still going to take the edge on the fact that I can just keep it in the back of the truck, I can still slide it off. And it's, it's a lot less expensive. You don't have to worry about registration. We're not worried about motor upkeep. Uh, we're not worried about fuel. And so there is, again, so much to be said for that simplicity. Definitely. Yeah, it sounds like you need both, Joe. I mean, I like that. I, think, <laughs> I always like to let my wife listen to these podcasts. And yeah, say, you I got to have it. You, you heard it from you the heard man's it mouth. from the expert. That's right. He said, you can't just have one. No, I, I think it makes sense to me. You know, you want, it's like we always talk about uh, Everybody wants a boat that can get in six inches of water. Do 70. Then, you, know, you know, and I just yeah, want to run exactly. out 40 miles and, and, and catch snapper, you know, three right. foot chopping and I don't want to get wet. Right. It's like, it doesn't exist. Usually the boat that does everything doesn't do any of those things superbly well. Right. I would agree. You know, so in my early years, I used to want to try to find one thing that could kind of do it all. And I've just, I've just learned as I've gotten older, that really in the long run, you're better off to have things that are purpose built for the thing that you want to do. When you get to the point where you're doing it enough, you'll know, all right, it's time to invest because I'm going to get the use out of this for that specific purpose. Well, kind of going into that, that idea of having something purpose built. Uh, we talked about uh, earlier how a lot of these things are custom made, which is really, really cool. So with the Microskip, uh, here's an advantage you have to a micro skiff. In general, I'm referencing the brand we carry at Custom Guinea, although pretty much every other one has these same considerations. When you pick up your kayak, you're picking up the same kayak as everyone else. And then you've got to come in and make your modifications. The cool thing about a micro skiff is it's a custom built boat. So like, let's say you come in and you're sitting down and you're like, hey, Peter, I really want to you know, look at one of these custom Guinus. I want to set it up the way I want it set up. So at that point, it's like, okay, do you want a center console, side console, aluminum standing console? Do you just want a tiller? Do you want a grab bar? Do you want front decks? Do you want back decks? How many live wells do you want? Do you want your live wells insulated? 
How do you want your electronics set up? And so in that point, even though I'm in a similar size comparison to that, because I'm in that 16 foot, so moving from 14 foot isn't such a huge deal. The advantage is now it brings you an entire world of customization. Every one of these boats is extremely unique to that owner and to what they wanted. So it does become a very purpose built thing. That being said, each hull is the exact same hull. So you will be faced with the same limitations. However, it does allow for so much customization. Like in my boat, I have a standalone grab bar. So I run a tiller. I love that because it gives me the most available space in the boat. But at the same time, I sell a ton of center consoles because for guys like, for like you, Joe, you're talking about, hey, I want to bring the kids out. Well, now I've got space for my little man to sit right beside me and for my other kid to sit right on that center console on that seat. I've got three live wells now. I can do whatever I want to. And that opens up a lot of stuff. So you're asking yourself, what are your considerations for storage and seating a bigger consideration? Is open space and platform better consideration? So that's one of the big things is it is definitely a purpose built tool that does allow for a ton of customization. That's why I tell people so often, it's really important that you come lay hands on the boats to see how are you going to use it. And that's a big consideration. Definitely is. It makes a lot of sense. And you, you also, you think about people have different desires. Like you said earlier, some guys want to hunt yep. out of there's a certain time of the year. Uh, you know, one guy may say, look, all I like to do is stalk the flats, you know, and fly fish for redfish. Or another guy wants, everybody's got their things that they like to be able to do. And it sounds like you really got a platform to, that's somewhat modular to be able to make it the way that you want it based on the things you want to do. And that's been one of the cool things uh, about doing this podcast is just seeing the differences in, in the fisheries between Northwest Florida and in Alabama and all the different tributaries that feed Mobile Bay uh, estuaries, excuse me, that feed Mobile Bay. And then you, you get over here and in, into the Santa Rosa beach area, Choctahatchee Bay and you gin clear water and flats and make you think about South Florida, you know, so it's, there's a lot of different needs, even in just a 120 miles of coastline, but you got the ability to make, make it yours, you know? Yeah. What are we talking about budget? When we think about a kayak, the, one of the things I think that's a con is, you know, you take a guy like me, wife, two children, pretty soon we're all going to be going together. And if I wanted to get everybody out on the kayak, if you've ever paddled with your wife, you know that she needs her own kayak. You do not want to really be tandem, in my opinion. But I'm, I'm minimum two kayaks, maybe looking at four kayaks. And there's no economies of scale. We got to have four nets. Yeah. We got to have four fish finders if everybody wants one. I think you miss out um, on some of the economies of scale you do with a skiff. So at, at what point do you think it starts to make sense to say, man, you, you really need to step up to a skiff? Well, you, you do bring up a good point. So when, when eventually you do start looking at how much, how much money is it going to cost to outfit the entire family? You know, anytime you go to a skiff and pretty much every micro skiff is still a mom and pop operation. It's still a hand laid hole. It's still, it still kind of goes back to the roots of what micro skiffs came out of. So like, if you look way back in the day, take, I'm quite sure you guys are familiar with Hell's Bay. The first whip ray that came out, you know, that was just a really purpose built, beautiful hand laid hull. So a ton of these micro skiffs are in that same thing. So when we look at it, we are going to be paying a considerable amount more than a kayak, 
more than probably three or four kayaks, depending on, I take that back. Depends on the kayak. Right. Depends on the kayak. <laughs> I take that back. Depends on the kayak. So going, so going back to that, you know, kind of consideration is eventually going to get the cost because you are outfitting multiple kids, multiple adults to get into multiple kayaks. So let's say you're wanting to do a, a full pedal driven boat. Well, like in our new canoes, we're looking at around $3,000 for one of those boats. Now you've got a wife and two kids, and let's say your kids are older. Now we're sitting around $12,000 in boats. So the question is, when do you want to step into that? A lot of the boats we have are going to go anywhere between 16 and 22,000. Depends on how you want to set it up. But the big advantage we have is, is in the ability to finance it like a typical boat. So you're going to have nice long terms. Most of the time we're looking at around 10 to 12 years. Uh, interest rates are pretty low, anywhere from four to eight percent. So most times when I quote somebody, I just pull six because it's just a number right there in the middle. So now we're looking at, let's say you buy a $20,000 boat. You're putting 10% down because that's what your companies are going to want to finance. And you're looking at 180 bucks a month. And so that's a consideration too, is now I'm not having to come out of pocket that much money, whereas now you can finance it out. So those are other considerations that you do have the ability to do is in finance and also too in resale value later on. Uh, I don't think I have to tell anybody that the used market for boats right now is insane. It, yeah. It's nuts. And, and that's not always going to stay that way. But the big thing about it is, too, in the area we're at, you know, you certainly have a lot more kayaks on the market than you have boats like this. So that is something to kind of think about is what are you going to pull out of your pocket right now versus what is your monthly budget? But for most people that are buying both these kinds of boats, whether you're spending three or four thousand dollars on a kayak or you're spending that much on a down payment on a skiff, you know, certainly there are budget considerations to take in mind, but I think more than anything else, it's going to come down to what are your needs. It doesn't matter what you pay for something if it doesn't meet what you need it to be. If you're not happy with it at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you paid. I think before we, you know, in kind of planning this segment out and, and the questions that we wanted to ask you, I, I can't speak for Butch, but I know in my head, I was kind of thinking like most people probably, you know, like, upgrade from a kayak to a micro skiff you know maybe they get rid of their kayaks and now they got a micro skiff and and it's, it really doesn't sound like it's an either or question so it's really not even fair to lump the two in and say you know hey you know you'd spend just as much or, or close to it having kayaks and having a micro skiff and really it's just two different purposes you know you can't do the same things with either of them so it's really not fair to even put them in the same conversation in some respects it's an honest thing though it's honest consideration because so many people do come from kayaks that is a background we have a tremendous community of kayak anglers in our area whether it's alabama mississippi northwest florida we've got a, a really great community of kayak anglers tons of different little associations great tournaments on on yards and these guys that are coming from these kayaks into these micro skiffs you know they've been they've been doing the kayak thing for a long time they've really enjoyed it and now they're ready to kind of stretch their legs, go a little bit further, go to new places that they've never had access to, take family that they have not been able to take with them. And so eventually it comes down to, can you put the same electronics on a kayak you can on a skiff? Yeah, totally. We see all kinds of crazy combos and it's awesome. That's one of the cool things about it. Can I put a motor on kayaks now? Yeah, totally. We can put up to, you know, two and a half horse outboard on our new canoes, you know, so. That's crazy. <laughs> crazy as it sounds or that boat mm -hmm. rover we were talking about earlier yeah you can do that and that's really cool 
but you're eventually going to get to that point where you kind of need to step into that boat. But the difference is going from that micro skiff to something like a bay boat is that well, we talked about prep time, so much less time to throw that thing in the water. Another thing is too, the places you can access are unreal. I always like to say I thought that I knew a lot about our, our Delta, right? Here in Mobile Bay, up in there. And man, by the time I could access these new waters, these new hidden lakes, these new little creeks, I realized I didn't know squat. I didn't know anything. And so it opens up a whole new realm of places you can go. So let's say you want to hit a, a small river. You know, if it's chopped up bad in the bay, I can run over to the Perdido River and run way on up there. Or I can run up Fish River and access all kinds of different stuff. So it gives you access to new places you couldn't do and now you can take family and friends yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense the other thing too you're talking about access is uh and butch you you just dealt with this uh with your skiff and going from stepping down from a uh a, basically a bay boat to to having a skiff mm-hmm. and the hand the handling for if you are just solo you know i mean you're having the conversation of yeah i'd like to put the boat in the water but i really don't want to do it by myself because it's you know 20 something foot boat, uh, you know, tying it up, putting anchor out, doing all these things that you got to do on the boat can be tough if it's just you or just you and your dog. Now you step down into a skiff and it's like, yeah, I can, I can take care of this boat by myself. No problem. But I still have the ability to access some of these small waters that you're talking about that I couldn't get into with the bay boat. So I don't lose the range. I would lose the kayak. Right. And plus you also have a really nice electronics array. We can run, you know, nice GPS mapping, side imaging, on our yards. But also I love the fact that I can put a, a talon on the back of it or a micro power pole. I've got an iPilot on the bow of the boat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's really Super nice. nice yeah. man. It's a lot of big boat features in a small package. Well, it, it definitely makes sense uh, for the right people. You know, you just got to ask yourself, what am I trying to do? And is this the best platform for that? So if somebody has more detailed questions, about their specific situation. Hey, maybe they got three kids. Maybe they want to bring four people, you know, all these different kind of questions that are specific to them and the waters they fish. How do they reach out to you guys? Maybe come by, take a look at some of the different micro skiffs and kayaks that you have. What's just, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? So they go to our website, they go to www.deltamarinaoutfitters.com. They can stop by the store. We're open uh, Tuesday through Saturday from 10 to six. And they can stop in, take a look at these boats in-house. We normally have, I'd like to say, we normally have at least one or two on hand. Uh, most of our boats are custom ordered, although we do try to have one in, in-house so that people can lay hands on it all the time. Probably tough, right, in these current times. <laughs> it is really tough. It is really tough. And these boats have such a high demand for people that are used to it. It may be new to our area, but it's definitely not new in other parts of the country. Whether you're in Florida uh, Louisiana or the low country in South Carolina, these boats have a huge demand because of all the things we talked about. And so definitely the best thing you can do is come lay hands on it. But if you can't do that, or I don't have it in house, uh, we have a YouTube channel that we do through our fly shop lost angler. And so if you go to YouTube, you check out lost angler channel, every boat that we've had come in stock, that's been different than a new model or whatever. And we have done videos of it. So this way you can see each feature of the boat, see all these different things. And I try to go into detail talking about this is the plus of this. This is the takeaway from this because it is such a small platform that there are going to be pros and cons. So you are going to have to weigh your options. 
you know, I say all the time, there's no perfect boat. You have to figure out how to make the least number of compromises possible in your boat. And I don't care, obviously, what size boat you're in, whether you're in a 36-foot cape or you're in a 16-foot guinea. There's going to be things you have to take into consideration. What do I have to have? What can I live without? What do I need? Peter, there's no substitute for putting your hands on a piece of equipment, really getting the feel for it. Thanks for sharing your knowledge of what we can talk about versus what we can actually see. And uh, good luck with you uh, for the rest of this year with your fall fishing season. It ought to be a good one. Yeah, I'm super excited about it. And if you guys ever get a wild hair, stop in. And uh, we do we do do sea trials. So if you are wanting to see, is this the right boat for me? Am I worried it may be too small or it may be more than I want to deal with? Then give me if you give us a call here at the store, give me a 24 hours heads up. We'll have a boat in the water for Very you. Very cool, man. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. Enjoyed it, Peter. All right, guys. Thank you all so much. Butch, there's something about having a nice light skiff. No doubt, man. I can definitely relate to pretty much everything that Peter said. Um, I definitely learned a little bit, but you know, Melissa and I started out with kayaks. Um, that was our first purchases. We bought two of them because, as you pointed out, tandem is the fastest way to do a divorce in my opinion <laughs> no it's not regardless it's the best way to see if you've got a keeper or not you know right true yeah i can name several instances of bikes and kayaks where it was if you tandem anything, anything. together and you don't and, and no one murders the other person then probably yeah. keeper material agree but we realized very quickly that, that was not going to be an option moving forward so <laughs> But yeah, man, we had the kayaks, um, had two of those, and then we, you know, stepped up to a 21-foot bay boat and had the kids, had the dog, and it's nice to have that room on the bigger boat, but it is a lot more work. It's a lot more work to launch the big boat, so we stepped down to a micro skiff, uh, 16 with a 30 horse, and that's all we ever take out now. It's so much easier to put in the water. It's so much easier to put back up and you literally just spray it off and roll on. Well, and you realize too, that for, for most people and every, everybody's got a different need that, you know, for so, sure. but, but like for people who are thinking about it, the vast majority of the time, it is just you and one other person mm -hmm. or you and a, a pet, you know? And I think that that's just, it's just nice to have a light little boat. You can just run out real quick, come back in. It's not a big investment. I mean, that's, that's why a lot of people get into kayaks is the simplicity. And I think where the micro skiff fits in is what I've noticed since I've gotten into kayaks is like you get out there and you're like, you're tempted to be like, well, dang, if I just had a side scan, you know, and then you're like, well, I got the, I got the electronics and now I got the, okay, well, I need a, I need an electric motor. By the time you, what I'm sitting here seeing is that like, now I've got this kayak that weighs so much that it's hard for me to move around. And you still got to paddle or pedal it. Well, and like, I'm, I'm, get, I'm getting to the point with my kayak that I'm like, uh, it's starting to become a non-starter because it's not simple enough. So you've made it too complicated. <laughs> I've made it too complicated. Right. So it's better off to have that, that skiff that's set up to do the, some of those things. And then just have that really simple, super simple kayak, just throw it in the back of the truck, throw it, you know, yeah. One, one tackle box one one or two rods and go and i think that there's a lot of people that appreciate kayaking for that simplicity but then i want to put my two boys in the boat with me and and do a more you know a, a fishing trip or i want to me, me and you to go out real quick for an hour and a half or something and get an afternoon fishing trip in you just need a little skiff yep need something a little bit bigger a little more room to stretch your legs i mean 
you are you are pretty confined even with a motor on a kayak you're confined as like peter was saying two to three miles usually i don't know people do more than that we're just using general generalizations you know sure and i mean i mean no matter what kayak you're on one one wrong move and you're in the water and with a skiff you got a little more stability you know i mean i'm just you you got a you got a four-year-old on the boat with you right don't want to be going to limit the amount if you're putting them in a kayak it will limit the where you go and the times that you go more so than it will in a skiff certainly limit your time on the water as well absolutely man that was fun man that was a good interview it was yeah i like it boaters list is your new reliable and fast resource designed to link everyone to everything on the water if you own or run a boat you know how difficult it can be to find the right company for the task at hand Boaters List makes it easy to find the service you're looking for. Locate anything from fuel docks to service repairs or rentals of large yachts or even paddle boats and all things in between at BoatersList.com. They will always strive to make it better on the water. And brought to you by... Photonist Defense is proud to offer the PD Pro line of night vision systems. The PD Pro series is the world's smallest and lightest night vision goggles built around the Photonist 16mm filmless 4G image intensifier tubes and our hybrid filmless 18mm image intensifier tubes. These ultralight, ultra-compact night vision systems deliver the cleanest image, best resolution, smallest, most transparent halo, and best overall performance and function of any night vision system available. The PD Pro line consists of the PD Pro M 16mm monocular, the PD Pro B 16mm binocular, and the PD Pro Q panoramic night vision system. Photonist Defense, Masters of Darkness. And brought to you by NorthAlabama.org. Are you looking for a real adventure? Whether you are experienced or just a weekend angler looking to land a big one, North Alabama is the place to go for your next fishing expedition. North Alabama is home to eight picturesque lakes. Pickwick, Wilson, Wheeler, Weiss, Smith, Neely Henry, Lake Gunnersville, and Bear Creek Lakes. Each lake is well stocked with a variety of fish, and in North Alabama, Fishing is great year-round. For more information, visit www.northalabama.org and click on Plan to download a North Alabama fishing guide. All right, guys, that is going to be a wrap for the show today. As always, man, we appreciate you guys listening. Be sure and tell your friends about us. Drop us a review. Give us a positive rating. We would love that, too. And as always, if you'd like us to email you a show, we'll do it each and every week. All you have to do is text the word fishing to 314-665-1767, and we will email you the show each and every week. For the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, you guys stay safe. Look forward to talking to you all next week. This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by OutdoorAlabama.com. That's where I learned the basics of how to hunt and fish, including what's in season and which license to buy. Learn more at OutdoorAlabama.com. Go hunt, go fish, get outdoors. This message was brought to you by the Alabama Department of Conservation and Natural Resources. And brought to you by Sun South from Outdoors Equipment. Parts, services, accessories, SunSouth has you covered. On the best for less, visit SunSouth or SunSouth.com for quality John Deere equipment. SunSouth, 
for those that do. And by Photonist Defense, PD Pro Ultralight Ultra Compact Night Vision Systems. Simply the best in-class night vision system ever built. Contact us at PhotonistDefense.com to learn more. Photonist Defense, Masters of Darkness. And brought to you by BoatersList.com. Do you own your own company that needs to reach boaters, anglers, and marine enthusiasts? Sign up for free today to grow your business on BoatersList.com. And brought to you by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Become a Boater Southern hunter and angler and pick up your copy today wherever fine magazines are sold or save a bundle online at GreatDaysOutdoors.com. <laughs> 